0: Welcome to That's A Hard No, the podcast about learning to say no and set boundaries to live our best lives. I'm your host, Heather Drago. You may think because of this podcast that I'm a boundary setting expert, but I'm not. I'm an expert at struggling to set boundaries, but you know what? I'm working on it and it is getting easier. Follow along with me as I learn from fellow strugglers and experts so that you too can start saying no without feeling fear, guilt, or FOMO. Rachel Darcy, a financial wellness coach who supports clients by building financial confidence and taking the stress out of money conversations. She specializes in couples, wedding budgeting, and providing companies with financial wellness support for their teams. Yeah. Hi, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. We've thank been talking you. about this forever. Yep. Um, I have so many thoughts swirling in my head <laughs> that I've been like banking to talk to you about. Um but I think I'd love to start with kind of your origin story of how you got into this yeah. and and a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, sure. Um so my origin story started
1: as all of ours does as child as a child. Um and so, you know, I grew up in a home that didn't have a lot of money, the single mom and I remember being very young, like five or something, and not really knowing what money was even used for, but understanding that money meant stress and anxiety. I mm-hmm. felt a lot of that whenever those conversations came up in, in my family. Um, and I grew up with that my whole entire life. Um, and when I got into like, you know, more like high school, I just started thinking like, I don't want to live like this when I get older. I need to find a better way um, to make sure that I don't feel that constant stress and anxiety over money. So I started teaching myself stuff because I figured, you know, education is great. That's amazing. And as a teenager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was very, (laughs) I almost want to say I was obsessed. And you'll hear a little bit more as I continue on. So it's definitely a
0: pain point you were trying to address.
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn financial wellness in high school or college. No.
0: No, and I feel like that should be like a how to balance your checkbook or yeah. your checking account.
1: Yeah, and how to budget. and, and yeah, yeah, all
0: that stuff. Yeah. So
1: I started learning about credit scores and reports and how to budget wow. and like what a credit card really means and should I use it, should I not, you know. So I started really just learning some of the stuff and I became very interested in it because it was it was impacting my daily life and I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure it impacted my life in a more healthier way. So I learned all those things. Um, I taught myself, and of course, are still learning, right? I mean, it's constant learning. Um, but then when I got almost to be done with college I started panicking about my school loans because Mm -hmm. my family again is you don't owe anybody anything ever if you borrow 10 cents you better give them that 10 cents back the second you have it and better yet just don't even borrow it to begin with so obviously I had to pay or I had to take some loans out for college Mm -hmm. but I was feeling a ton of stress and anxiety around how am I going to pay back these loans I'm not supposed to have debt that's what I was taught like that's really bad and so when I when I got out of college, I created my first budget. You know, I put all this stuff together, and for 3 years, really, I didn't enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. I panicked and stressed constantly about putting every single penny I had onto my loans, so I didn't do anything, I didn't go out, I didn't spend money on literally anything but my bills and my loans. So, then I get to a point where my loans are paid off. Great, I'm debt-free. So, I have the education, I have the interest in like in learning more, and I have no debt. I should be great, right? I was not <laughs> because I didn't learn the mindset around money.
0: You were still uncomfortable I was still with money. still
1: very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. very stressed. I had a job. Of course, I went to nonprofit, so I never made tons of money. Mm-hmm. But but I had a job. I had no debt. I lived very minimally. And I had plenty of money in a bank account. But I still felt a lot of stress and anxiety around money. Mm. Up until truly in my like early to mid-30s, before my friends started actually asking me, like, why are you always so stressed about money? Like, you have money, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's not to spend. And they're like, well, what's it for? And I'm like, I don't know, emergencies. Someday. Well, like, yeah. What are you going to have that's a $30,000 emergency in reality? Like, what, you know? So I really started like really digging in and having, trying to understand why am I still so panicky about mm-hmm, money? Mm-hmm. And of course, I went back to recognize that, like, well, my whole entire life, I grew up, and everybody around me, mostly my mom and my grandparents, just constantly stressed about money. And it didn't matter. There was never enough. Like it was always, no matter what you have, it's not enough. You need to constantly save more and you need to constantly panic because you never know. It could just go away one day. Yeah. And so then I had to do a lot of introspection and I had to do just a lot of my own sort of therapy work and trying to understand how to move past a lot of those thoughts. And mm-hmm. it took me a while. You know, I was doing it on my own, but. I was able to get past that. And there, I still have moments. Not perfect at all. There's sure. still moments when I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can't, you know, we had to get a new roof on our house a few years ago. And oh, that was, fun. you know, that's, that's fun.
0: I call that the fun money. Yes. That sarcastically. it was, was lots yeah. of fun. Um,
1: yeah. So I, I know, so the reason that I'm doing what I do now is because I know what it feels like to constantly stress about money. And I know what it feels like to feel comfortable with my money. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to help people move from the... One place of anxiety to the next place of feeling confident, um, and again, it's it's a lifelong thing. It doesn't just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. go and come super fast. But when I can help people just like take a breath and recognize that, like, wow, like I actually feel pretty good about where I am. Even if you have debt, or even if you whatever the situation is, it doesn't matter because you could have tons of money and still be stressed about money. You could have very little and tons of debt and be stressed about money. You could, you could be at any place and be stressed about money. So I just that's the the bulk of what I do with my work really is mindset and it's yeah. helping folks get from like this place of sort of the negativity to this place with the yeah.
0: positivity. Yeah. Well, I can so relate with that. And I think a lot of people can. I think how you grow up impacts so yeah. much of your life. Um, just to share my backstory, some yeah. people may know this already, but I grew up in a home that was impacted by generations of poverty, mm-hmm. which is often the case with yeah. those who come mm-hmm. from poverty. So You know, three or four generations back, people were living in poverty. And Mm -hmm. so I was raised by a single mom who was working three jobs, and I knew money was tight. And not only was it a tense subject, I got in trouble if we talked about Mm -hmm. it. Like, I wasn't Mm -hmm. even allowed to bring up the subject. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then, you know, fast forward to my early to mid-20s, and I'm getting married, and I'm going through the pre-cana thing because my husband Mm -hmm. was Catholic, and we did the test, and they said, you guys are really compatible. Everything's really great, except there's this one area where you're probably going to have some conflicts. Yeah, And that was about discussions about money. Uh-huh. And he, from the beginning, I guess, you know, his mom worked at a bank. Um, so he was taught a lot about money management and, you know, budgeting mm-hmm. and all that stuff. He paid his own way through school okay. and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Then he married me and inherited my student loans. But anyway. <laughs> sure. Um and so, I mean, they were right. That was the thing that was very stressful throughout my life, our life um, together. And part of it was because I was so uncomfortable around the topic of money. I just yeah. kept avoiding it. And so because I was avoiding it, you know, I wouldn't pay things on time. So my right. credit rating tanked and all this stuff. So, you know, fast forward again, 20 plus years later. Oh my God, we've been married 27 years. What? <laughs> anyway, so many years later, um... And it's taken me that long to learn how to budget and pay bills on time mm-hmm. and improve yeah. work at improving your credit score mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. becoming comfortable with talking about money and yeah. looking at how much you have. And then I started a business, right? Mm-hmm. And so what's so funny is very recently my business coach and I were talking and she's like, Heather, you're doing great. You're doing all the right things, but we really need to talk about the elephant in the room you are just not comfortable with money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but I'm doing so good. And she's uh-huh. like, you are. But like, just even like how I price my my uh-huh. services yeah. and, um, you know, invoicing people at certain times mm-hmm. and ju- mm-hmm. even just like getting the money that I've earned. Right. Like, I'm just right. uncomfortable. Like, I'm sorry, it's going to cost this
1: yeah. much. You know? <laughs> Even though they
0: probably knew ahead
1: of time right, it was going to cause that, <laughs> um,
0: and so now we're like focusing on that. And um, so I think it's just something like you said; it's a lifelong learning process. Mm-hmm. It's something that impacts relationships, just f- generation generation right. in couples, yep. like so many things. So that's why I was so excited to have you on because yeah. I know for sure it's been an issue for me.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm guessing that a lot of folks that are listening can really relate too because money is still an extremely taboo topic, at yeah. least in America. Another thing that like is sort of my goal is getting my clients comfortable with talking about money. It's not just comfortable with their own, like looking at their bank accounts and they feel great, but like the how comfortable are you asking your friend, Oh, that's what is great. How much did you pay for it? Or I just got my kitchen redone and this is how much it cost. Or, you know, I've got some debt and I'm trying to pay it off and this is how much it is. Do you have any suggestions? Like, those are the things we all should be talking about because we can learn from each other. Mm and We can support each other. And when we're not talking about it, we feel very alone. And that's a lot of my clients feel like nobody would
0: understand. Do you think a lot of the – I mean – This is a leading question. I think the reason people often don't have those conversations is they feel shame. Yes. So especially if they have debt, they don't want their friends to know they're in debt. Yep. And so they don't want to say, you know, I'd love to go out to dinner with you, but I really can't afford it because I'm paying off this debt. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's that's come up in in the relation to boundaries a ton of times because there are so many times people are invited to destination weddings mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah. or let's go out to the theater and dinner and all this stuff and like great I don't have two hundred dollars mm-hmm. extra right. to spare so but people don't want to have those conversations yeah. so I just and
1: and when folks say that to me I push back and say but how would you feel if you said that and your friend said oh my gosh I'm so glad you said that because I am feeling the same way <laughs> and I would rather not go yeah, like, uh, yeah, And that happens. It does happen. Once you, are you not, open up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or how good would it feel if your friend just said, cool, that's cool. I'm, we can do something else. I understand. Else. Yeah. As an example, I have some girlfriends we get together every month, and things got a little tight for me at some point when I decided to start a business mm-hmm. and quit a full-time job. Um, and I said, can we do something other than going out to eat every month? And we went for hikes every single month. And we still do, actually. There's great. one coming up tomorrow. Um, but so we're and that's free. It doesn't cost any of us anything other than a little bit of gas maybe to get where we're going. Um and they were all like cool. Who cares? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not about the
0: thing we're spending yeah, money on. Right. It's about being together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many So, touching back, so thinking about like my early married life, right? And and those conflicts and me being avoiding mm-hmm. uh the topic and my husband kind of just taking the lead on that. Now we're much more of a partnership mm-hmm. in, in that realm. Like, what are some common early coupledom type issues you see come up? Or, or how do you help young couples? Or is it more the middle-aged couple that comes to you and go, okay, well, we went bankrupt and now what yeah. do we do? <laughs> like, Tell me about that and just like households and coupledom and all that stuff. So
1: if there are any young couples out there, I would love to work with you Um, (laughs) because my average client really is in their 40s. um, And so they've been married for 10, 15 plus years. um, And, you know, and and they're deep into it. And and I would say similar to what you just said, like the most common thing is that they don't they just don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. They just they don't even like I, I don't really even maybe know what your bet debt looks like and you don't really know what mine looks like and what our bills are. We just know we pay our mortgage and we're, we're okay. We don't feel great, but but we're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just a really, there's a, and there's a lack of communication and we all know that statistic that says like money is the number one reason for like breakups and arguments. And my sort of pushback to that is it's not the money, it's the lack of communication around money. Mm-hmm. And I see that time and time again. And so that's, I actually specialize in working with couples and I help folks feel more comfortable having those money conversations with each other. So I'll give them homework where they they do it on their own and then they come together to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives them like a jumping off place. It's not just like you're not just opening up all of your wounds, you know, mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. For, for
0: money. But um, yeah, so it's the lack of communication. So what are some things, like just to start getting people comfortable thinking about talking about money, what are some first steps
1: someone can do? So even though I know this sounds silly. Um, but it really is kind of going back to what I said with your friends or your partner. I mean, going back to your partner, you have decided to spend your life with this person. Mm-hmm. You you need to be comfortable talking about everything with them because right. you've decided to share your life. So that could be a place to start. But if you're not feeling comfortable, go to your friends and start just saying things like, hey, I just went to TJ Maxx and this sweater was on sale and only cost $20. Can you believe it? Like something as simple as that, just speaking like language where money is involved, saying oh. saying twenty dollars, asking your friends how much they paid for something, especially if you are like, and I do this all the time, and it's amazing how many like even I get some anxiety sometimes still saying it, but it's amazing how often people just respond without like being like, ew, like how dare you mm-hmm. ask that. Um, but like if you're getting something, if, if you are you have a mechanic, right, and they, you just felt like you were way overcharged for something, ask your friend, how much did did you pay for your last oil Or what's oil a good change? price
0: for yeah. X? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What do you
1: think they should be charging me? Mm-hmm. Um, because we can learn from each other. And that's like, that's not, you're not divulging any personal information by asking how much you spent on that sweater or telling them how much you spent. I mean, that's not really that serious. Mm-hmm. So start small if you're really that uncomfortable and see how people respond. And there's a good chance people will respond in a very positive, non-judgmental way, and then that can just help you open up a little bit more. And it it takes time. It's I don't recommend you know going to your friends and printing out your bank account and, and your debt. Hey, and take saying, a look at this budget I yeah, came up with. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. um, but you also can you can either work with a professional or you can find that one like whether it be your partner, your parent, your you know your best friend, like a coworker that maybe you don't even feel that close to, but you feel like, you know, you can um, sort of have those conversations and they won't judge you. Find that person who's not going to judge you and start talking about it with that person because it will just get you more comfortable talking about it in general because you have to be, it's not about the other people feeling comfortable. It's about you feeling comfortable. Mm -hmm. So don't, Mm -hmm. don't worry about what other people are are thinking about. How are you feeling about it? And if you're feeling uncomfortable, you need to start small and maybe you need to kind of, get that partner that's sort of like the accountability partner, you know, whether again that's a family member or a friend or whatever. Um and find that person that's that you can connect with and and start talking about it. And you can be very open and just say, "Listen, I've noticed that I'm super uncomfortable talking about money and and I'm going to um I'm going to start and do you mind if you're the person that I sort of start with?" You know, and be just open about it. Like,
0: yeah. I just feel like I need to start someone talking you trust, about it someone yeah. you can be yourself yeah, with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard you talking about when you left college and you set this very strict budget. <laughs> yeah. And so and but you were miserable, right. right? Correct. And so on a podcast about boundaries, I would think when someone sees, you know, financial wellness coach on the on the description, they're going to think that's what we're going to talk about. How to get, you know, impose and stick to boundaries mm-hmm. around money and right. stuff. So I wanted to share some of my stupid boundaries okay. and then and then let's talk about just like what's realistic and you know okay um so i have all these dumb self-imposed rules like i cannot walk into a big box store without it if alone okay. i have to have a person okay and a list uh-huh. and if i don't i can only buy what i can carry out under my own power okay no cart no basket okay have I gotten really good at carrying things with my pinkies? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, okay.
0: do the workers come up to me and say, "Ma'am, would you like a basket or a cart?" <laughs> and I say, "No, thanks. This is this is a money-saving strategy, yeah. right?" Here. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, so that that's, you know, my way of jokingly uh, preventing myself from going in for shampoo and spending two hundred dollars, right? right? Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. so easy to do. Yeah. They make Correct. everybody's yep. into the thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, if I don't absolutely love it and I won't use it within a week, I don't buy it. Yes, mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. do I really love this? Am I sure I'm going to wear it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing is just like, um, and this is sort of influenced by a client we have, which is in the thrift industry. Is like, I don't. I try not to buy anything from fast fashion or fast anything, fast okay. furniture, or stuff like that, mm-hmm. because of how it impacts the environment. Right, mm-hmm. And so, you know, just having those values. And then, you know, there's a certain money threshold. My husband and I, we don't spend over a certain amount without talking to each other. Right. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So those are my kind of silly rules. <laughs> um, some are silly, some are not, maybe. I don't know. And I'm wondering if there are other... Um, Boundaries you can talk about that people set for themselves that are maybe good, maybe bad, maybe self destructive, mm-hmm. not necessarily helpful. Yeah. I don't think any of your
1: strategies, which we'll call them strategies, mm-hmm. are bad or silly at all. Because you, first of all, what works for you? If it's not working for you, mm-hmm. you need to stop it and find something else. So mm-hmm. if those things are working for you, keep at it. Who Usually. cares? Usually. Great. Right. <laughs> and well, Nothing ever works 100% right, right, right. So, so I think like one of the boundaries is like giving yourself some grace. Yeah, you're doing really, really well, and then you mess up and you spend on $300 at Amazon. Well, you did, but now it's time to get back on. I Mm -hmm. use the analogy of finances and, and like dieting, I guess, or health a lot because you you're great. You just lost 10 pounds and you just ate three cupcakes. Should you just continue to eat cupcakes all the time? Or should you say, you know what? Probably shouldn't have done that, but I did too late. Now tomorrow I'm going to have a better day. (laughs) So you need to do the same thing with finances. Mm -hmm. You can't just be so upset with yourself if you do sort of overspend at a time or, you know, you buy something you shouldn't have bought. Um, But I think one thing I see people do that is unhelpful is actually try to set goals too early. So when I'm working with folks, we don't goal set on session one, two, three, and we might start with four, um, because you need to have a realistic understanding of where your money's going and where you really want your money to go. Because it's very easy just to say, oh, well, my goal is to pay off this debt in the next year. Do you even know if that's what, like, can realistic? you even do that? Yeah. yeah. Is that realistic? Do you know what that's going to mean? Do you know how much you're going to have to put on that? And do you know what you're going to have to give up for that? And do you even know what you're spending your money on? Because most people don't. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I send out sort of a pre-survey when folks first start working with me, and ask them questions like, within like a hundred or two hundred dollars, do you know how much you spend on groceries, or do you know how much you spend on fun and entertainment? And most people say, no, I have no idea. Um, so give yourself like when you're if you're just really starting this journey, and you're really like, okay, I, I want to like pay off my debt, and I want to get better and all that stuff. Don't put too many goals or pressure on yourself right now. Start really taking a step back, creating a budget, uh, tracking your spending. Mm-hmm. And then once you track your spending, then you can be realistic about what your goal is. So as an example, I just talked with a client yesterday and they spent $1,100 on like going out to eat in the month of September. So wow. they had, yeah, they still had a little bit of time left. but And their I think their initial budget was 600 because they just like, that's probably what we spend. Well, they were way over. And so and then... The husband of the couple was like, well, "I want to. I want to spend no more than like two hundred and fifty dollars." And I'm like, "And the wife is like, it's not going to happen." And even I was like, "That that's very significant to go from eleven hundred to two fifty. That that may not be super realistic. So let's like, let's start a little smaller than that, and and allow ourselves to see like how we're feeling. We don't want to be so strict like I was and not mm-hmm. enjoy our lives and be miserable for years." But we don't want to constantly be overspending and then also still be miserable because you're still stressed and anxious. So we need to just be able to set very realistic goals. And in order to do that, you can't really do that right away. You've got to see what your budget is. You've got to see what you're spending your money on, tracking your spending, and then also getting a little bit of a handle on your mindset and making sure that's in the right place so that you're feeling the motivation to reach your goals. That's great advice. We'll
0: be right back with Rachel. And we're back. So Rachel, let's talk about budgets. Yeah. Okay, so you sort of touched on why we wanna set them. And I think we all kind of know why, but you can elaborate on that. But then like, how do you go about it?
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, let's talk about the why a little bit because a lot of people think like, Setting a budget means, oh, well, it means I never can spend any money again. I have to restrict what I'm spending. And mm-hmm. that's not what a budget is. A budget is a piece of paper with numbers on it. So it can't tell you what to do or what not to do. It
0: doesn't judge you.
1: It does not judge you at all. It's literally an inanimate object. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's not telling if it's telling you something, then, you know, there's other other we people got other issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it's giving you information, and it is now putting you in charge of your spending. Mm-hmm. So what happens when I first meet with people, or just when I'm even just chatting with people in general? They often say, "I don't really know where my money's going. I don't honestly really know how much I spent." Like I mentioned, my client didn't know how much they were spending on going out to eat. Um, so if you don't know, how can mm-hmm. you make decisions that are really like great and and realistic and positive for your life? So you want to create a budget because he is literally doing the opposite of what a lot of people think is it's putting you in control of that money. Mm -hmm. So now you know where everything's going and Mm -hmm. you can make some good informed decisions. Um, The how is truly different, right? What works for you may not work for me and vice versa. But my recommendation is if you're just getting started, that you use a very simple spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. With my clients, I use Google Sheets and I share it with them and it's very simple. But you want to make sure you include a few things on there. So a lot of people are just like, oh, my mortgage and my utility bills and my income. So um, you need to have a tab that, of course, is your expenses and your income. That's sort of the crux of the budget. Um, and But just make sure you're including everything. I sometimes meet with somebody. And on our fourth or fifth session, they mentioned Disney Plus And I was like, hmm, that's not in your budget. How much is that? And they're like, oh, I didn't think that yeah, was that much. Yeah. It was only
0: $10. And there's cell phone and car
1: and oh, yes. clothes. And yeah. yeah and I I put haircuts in there because oh, yeah. a lot of people are like they just it's just not something that's top of mind, you mm-hmm. know. So, I I encourage you to put everything on your spreadsheet on your budget, even if it's, you know, you have a $2 subscription to some app or something. Put it on your spreadsheet because if you don't have all the information, again, you're not making the best decisions. So, put it all on there, everything. And then another tab is for your savings. So, it should be the bank accounts that you have, the interest rate that you're earning, and how much is in there. And then that on that tab, you can set some goals. Mm-hmm. So again, don't set goals immediately. But after you get some organization done, you can put some goals on that spreadsheet, and then you can track your progress. Another um, tab on the budget spreadsheet should be for your debt. And that is, again, similar to the savings where you put the name, your interest rate, your total balance, and then your minimum payment. That's what I recommend. Because when you see it all, then you can make the right decision mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. about like what you should be doing with some of that but right now you might just be throwing a little bit here or there and you feel like you're not getting anywhere and it's probably because you don't have a, a strategic plan for that mm-hmm. so put all that on there and then um i have another tab on mine for variable income in case you are an entrepreneur or you have a side hustle or something and you might make you know some kind of random money here or there and it's not a regular paycheck. Um, that's a whole separate thing that would take forever to talk about. But, you know, if you do have variable <laughs> yeah. income, you, you, there is a way to track it. Um, and then the only other thing I would include is any overflow income that you have. So that is I'm getting a tax return. I'm getting a um, bonus from work. I'm getting some type of inheritance or something like that that you know is coming your way. Not everybody might have that. Um, but if you do, it's important to put that on there and plan ahead for it. Because this is what I hear regularly is people are like, yeah, I got a $1,000 bonus. And frankly, I... I have no idea what it even bought me. I just know it's not here anymore.
0: Oh, isn't that the truth? Yes. You get the bonus <laughs> the and time. it goes
1: right into the checking account. Uh-huh, yep. Just goes And right then three in months
0: later, you're like, where'd all that money
1: uh-huh, go? Yep. Yep. Very, very common. So if you're listening out there and this is you, very common. Happens all the time. So I recommend people pre-plan that. So you know that next, I mean, you typically don't just come across a thousand dollars lying on the ground. So you typically know if you're getting some type of a, you know, a lump sum of cash, it's extra. So plan it, decide what you want to do with it. And it can be something as simple as putting it on your debt or Putting it um, in your savings, or it could be buying something. It does not matter. It, mm-hmm. What matters is what you really want to do. Be with. mindful about yes, it. Be mindful because yeah. when you plan to do something and then you do it, you feel really great about it. You, right. That helps build your confidence, and and you're not like, I don't know where it went. Like that doesn't feel good to say I don't know where my money went. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So I would include. So the budget is a little bit more robust. I think than maybe what some people think of it as. Um at least for me, I like to make sure you're just having le- this is your full financial picture. This is not just, you know, a few things that I spend money on in my income. It's mm-hmm. it's really your financial picture. Um and and again, I just use a simple spreadsheet. So yeah. I, you can there are apps out there you can use. Right. Um I think but first, some of those cost money. First of all, I've never found one that's free that right. is worth anything. Right. Um but but it's also it's it, it's not as impactful is when you're g- first getting started um, by using just a spreadsheet. So mm-hmm. if you've been budgeting for the last ten years, sure, go get an app. It doesn't matter. I'm sure that'll fit your lifestyle just fine. But if you're getting started, putting more of the work into it is really, way you're, really more yes, you're really
0: touching the numbers. you're really exactly. touching it,
1: and you're and you're going in there and changing and things. and you're seeing
0: it and feeling mm-hmm. it. And yeah, yeah. Other yeah. than
1: something just kind of doing it for you.
0: So I love that you pointed out the little the little things, mm-hmm. right? So I'm a huge reader. I Every night I read at least half an hour. It's exactly. kind of what puts me to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I read for pleasure. So I read for work and yeah. I read for the podcast and I read <laughs> yeah. for pleasure. So I'm constantly reading. And, you know, e-books that I buy cost $3.99, $5.99. So sometimes if I really splurge, it's twelve ninety nine if it's mm-hmm. a new one, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I was just doing it. Yeah. And they were going – The the receipts were going to an email I never look at. I call it the black Uh hole to infinity. (laughs) And that's my junk mail email, Uh right? And then one day my husband came to me and he was like, can we talk about this for a minute? He's like, are you aware how much you've spent on books? I was literally not. And he showed me the total and it just took my breath away. I was like, oh. Oh, my God. So guess who got all the library apps? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah. And sometimes if there's a newer book and I have to yep. wait uh, six weeks or whatever, yep. it's okay. It actually ends up coming through sooner than I think. And I right. read it and I'm fine. And there's a million other books I can read. And I love libraries. I'm yep. always pushing libraries. but um, And then when I do spend the twelve ninety nine on the really new book that I really want by an author who isn't maybe in the library, mm-hmm. then I – I treasure it even more yeah. and I feel fine about it because I haven't wasted all this other money. Right. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the other thing about like sort of tracking your spending, which we haven't really talked too much about, but tracking your spending is so important, um, is that then you can just make the right decisions. You you could have looked at that and said, yeah, I know I spend Thank that you. much and I don't care because it's important to me and that's yeah. what I want to do. Great. Or you could have looked at that and said, oh my gosh. Holy cow. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. And then you can make decisions from there, which what you did. Mm-hmm. So budgeting and, and getting your sort of financial health together is not about pinching pennies and never spending another dollar. It's about just making sure you're spending their money where you want to spend it and not just sort of mindlessly buying things without recognizing and then saying things like, you know, I really wish that we could go on a nice vacation this year, but we don't have the money. Well, maybe you do have the money. You're just you know, you haven't put together your sort of their financial picture yet to see where your money's going and where you maybe could cut back to save for that vacation if that's really what you want. And that's a big, big thing that I help my clients with is what are your values? Like, where do you want to spend your money? Where do you, where would make you happiest to be able to spend your money? And then where Mm -hmm. are you spending your money right now? And are those things aligning and are they adding up and are where you're spending your money helping you reach sort of these goals of where you want to, or are they colliding with each other and they're, they're, your spending is actually not allowing you to sort of reach some of these goals and values and and the exciting things that you want to spend money on. And then if they're if they're colliding, then that's when we gotta you know we got a little bit of work to do, just kind of figure out where it's going. And then you can make some of those choices and say, well, if I if I choose to do the library and I'm only spending thirteen dollars on books every month instead of hundred dollars, well, that's ninety bucks that I can put towards a vacation. Um, And so, but again, if you're not really like sitting down and thinking about it, it, it's just that sort of autopilot. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about debt. Okay. Is debt bad? So how you feel
1: about your debt is what's way more important than actually having debt. Mm -hmm. is the first thing. Okay. I'm all about how you're feeling. If You're like, who cares? Don't give a crap. I'm enjoying my life, having fun, and you truly feel that way. Well, that's you have to live your life. So if you're happy, great. Um, do I want my clients to have debt? No, of course not. Like mm-hmm. the, the, Because when you have debt, you're literally throwing money away by the right. interest that you have, that you're, mm-hmm. that you're paying. Um, so, and, and unfortunately for most people, they do feel a lot of stress and anxiety over debt. And sometimes <laughs> what happens is when you spend money, your dopamine levels rise and you feel really happy. In that moment. Yep, in that moment. Exactly, in that moment. Unfortunately, that does not last very long. Um, but then what happens is a week later, you look at your debt again and you're like, oh, my gosh, and you feel very stressed out. And you're like, oh, I remember when I bought that thing last week on Amazon. It made me feel good. I'm going to do that again. And even if you're not fully recognizing this, that's what's going on in your brain. Mm-hmm. So, And then you just add to your debt. So for most folks, debt is a stressful topic for them and they would like to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not all bad, though, because, for an example, for those folks that got a college degree and now are, are doing the job that they love and would never have been able to do it without that, would you go back and not get that college degree, even even knowing that you would right. still be paying off your debt? Probably not. I mean, it probably was worth it to you to do that. Um, or, you know, for someone who took maybe a gap year at some point and took an amazing trip to Europe for three months, do they regret doing that? There's a chance that they don't. Um, so or like buying your house, like if you live right. in your dream house or even not your dream house, but just a lovely home that you, you know, is great and you've got a great backyard and you're just really you love being there. Do you regret buying that? Probably not. So no, not all debt is bad. But it's the high interest credit card debt that you're not even really sure how it got there. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what's not so great. Like mm-hmm. those are the things we really want to focus on, um, because you are just throwing your money away with all the interest, and you're not even sure it was just a bunch of little things, or maybe a couple big things, and then a bunch of little things that all added up to it. And you don't really feel mm-hmm. like you have anything to show for it. So we do want to get a handle on that. Um, and get a plan. So I mentioned earlier, like, you know, some people might just be throwing a little bit here, a little bit there, and they feel like they're not getting anywhere. And it may be because they really don't have a good plan. Mm -hmm. So do you want to sort of go through my thoughts of like how to pay off debt if you
0: Absolutely. But I also wanted to interject a point in that sometimes, like, I have a business, Uh and sometimes there are cash flow issues. And so I have, you know, my line of credits and things Mm -hmm. like that. And also, I have been working for over 25 years to to improve my credit score. Okay. And so I have switched my mindset to look at debt as a tool. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. to help improve my credit score, mm-hmm. become more financially responsible, and, you know, ensure cash flow, at, you know, so that I can keep my company stable, right? Okay. Cuz and that's mm-hmm. only happened a few times here and there, but like it's nice to have that as a back backup kind of right. thing. So that's how I've changed my mindset, okay. and I've bec- and I and because of that, I think I'm way more responsible okay. about paying things off. Yeah. So I think it can be used as a tool mm-hmm. if you're careful about right. what kind of debt you have right. and and how you go about it. Right. So yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so in this whole conversation, we're just going to be talking about high interest credit card debt. We're not going to be yeah. talking about like a home loan or a loan. You know, yeah. Yeah, Th- yeah, those things are usually not as much high interest and. A lot of people just have those because they're expensive and most people can't just go buy a house. But a lot of people did
0: get into trouble over the pandemic, especially just buying online and putting things on yes, credit cards. Yes, correct.
1: Um, so <clears throat> if you have multiple different credit cards, which a lot of folks do, with a balance, you really want to go back to that budget and make sure that's filled out correctly. So you want to have your the name of the card or the name of the bank or whatever – Your interest rate your total balance and then your minimum payments and not what you're paying because some people pay a little bit more than the minimum so literally when you're putting that spreadsheet together what is your actual minimum payment put all of that together then my recommendation there's a couple different ways to pay off debt there's no necessarily like this is right it's right and this is what's wrong but for most people it feels very daunting to look at you know let's just say $50,000 Fifty thousand dollars, and think, how am I ever going to pay that off? Mm-hmm. So we're going to break it down, right? So we're going to we're going to uh, make sure that they're all in different line items, and we're going to start small, because what most people need is that motivation. So if you start with a credit card, say you have four credit cards, and three are fairly low balances, and one is twenty five thousand dollars, if you start with that twenty five thousand dollars, it's going to take you a lot longer to pay that off. So you might lose steam at some point. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation is to do what is called the snowball effect. The snowball snowball method sorry snowball method (laughs) um and to start with a smaller um balance now if your smallest balance is a six percent interest rate and your next smallest is a 25 percent interest rate don't don't do the six percent but go with the one that go with maybe like look at the two that are the smallest and go with the one of those two that has the higher interest rate and put and make sure you're making the minimum payments on every single thing that you have except for that one. You're going to focus on one at a time. You're not going to put $5 extra on every single one of your cards. You're going to put everything you can on that one card. Mm-hmm. So if your minimum payment's $100 and you know that you've got an extra $100, then you're going to put $200 on that card every single month until it gets paid off. Or you know, here or there, if you get a bonus or you have you know something else that comes and you have a little bit of extra money, great, put it on there. But we're not putting a little bit here and a little bit there. It 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 takes way longer to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So we're going to work on that one. We're going to pick the one that is the lowest and also you know has a decently high interest rate. Once that's paid off, then we're going to the next lowest one. And we're going to take that minimum payment. And we're going to add the $200 that you were putting on that other one. We're going to make that uh, as your payment. Mm-hmm. So now your payment might be $300 for that card. And you're going to keep doing that until it's all paid off.
0: You're going to so- keep... <clears throat> paying the same amount you're just going to be applying it exactly. to different right. that's cool
1: so some people like in fact i was just meeting with a client last week and they were like well we don't really pay the minimum payments like we put a little bit extra on every single one of our cards and i said well the first thing i want you to do is go back and change your auto payments to what the minimum payment is don't pay anything over except for on that one Mm -hmm. So they figured out they were spending, I forget, it was like $60 or something over the minimum payments. Well, then take that $60 and add it to that minimum payment of that one that we're really going to be focusing on. Because you're going to focus on the one. That way it gets paid off. And that way you feel good. And you're like, yes, I got this. I I completed Mm -hmm. something. I've Mm -hmm. accomplished something. Then you can start working on the next one. And it just continues Mm -hmm. to build that motivation. And then once you get to sort of the highest one, you have already have so much of it paid off that you're feeling pretty good about
0: it. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, try not to rack up more. And in the meantime... (laughs) Yes, that is extremely
1: important because there's there's honestly, like, there's really no point in paying off your debt if you're just continuing yeah. to accrue it. So um, you mentioned, like, when you go to the big box stores and you make <laughs> sure you you don't get a cart. I hold
0: things with every um, finger. Yeah.
1: I think it's important for folks to recognize what their pain points are as far as credit cards. And if it is in, in-store shopping, if it's Amazon, it's a little more challenging. But if it's in-store shopping... Take cash with you. Don't take your credit cards with you. Leave them at home. Say, mm-hmm. "I am allowing myself to spend seventy-five dollars at the store. I'm cool with that. No problem." Because when that cash is in your hand, and you fork over five dollars, and then you set aside the ten for this thing, you're like, "Whoa! Maybe I don't need this thing." You know, right. because
0: it's ugh. you see how how fast how yes. much faster it adds up yes. than you think, yeah. and it's
1: amazing that people forget that cash spends just as much as credit cards do mm-hmm. but people just forget like oh you can still use
0: cash it reminds me <laughs> of, of when i was in college and it'd be like put everything on the conveyor belt and i was like okay i don't really need yeah. this box of <laughs> yeah. mac and cheese i yeah. don't really need that yeah, yeah. sorry yeah. can you put that back please yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah um but but cash spends just as well right these days and
0: then there's no um, interest
1: and there's no interest yeah and, and it just – it makes you think differently about money because it's so, so easy to just swipe that card because you don't see it. Yeah. You don't – it's not there in front of you. has right. It immediately came out. Right. Mm-hmm. Until the bill comes, um, which could be literally 30 days from that time. So you've right. forgotten all about it by then. Right. Um, so, yeah, cash is – again it's not for everybody but just for those folks that are like really challenged by going to some stores (laughs) and they recognize they buy things that they do not at all need um and they want to start cutting back on that my recommendation is to start using cash in this. i like that
0: yeah how about how do we set boundaries around the online spending
1: yeah that is challenging but i will say there's a couple things one is you can actually save money by online shopping if you're doing it the right way because there's less window shopping you go on that's amazon that's true it's more targeted and just right just like search and search for something no if you want to buy a book or whatever then you go on and you get
0: that or like i want a new e light bulb i don't know <laughs> right. right you you look for that specific thing Exactly. yeah exactly. yeah yeah that's so true actually during 2020
1: we actually saved money because i di- i wasn't going to a big box store to buy toilet paper i was going on amazon and so i was just typing in toilet paper and it, mm-hmm. it's not as mm-hmm. fun to window shop online um So you have to almost make like a list like these are the things I need and these are the things I want. And can I like and and you need to go back and look at your budget and say, well, can I do that? Mm -hmm. And the other thing to think about, and um, I think this is really impactful, is that every single time you spend money on something, you're not spending money on something else. Yeah. Every single time. You spend money on something, you're not spending it on something else. It's just like your time. Like every time you decide yep. to do something with your time, you're not spending your time doing something else. Right. We so, talk
0: about that with boundaries all the time. If yeah. you say yes to this, yes. then you're you're, you're not leaving an opportunity exactly. for this other thing. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So
1: you have to like make sure that if you're spending your money on this thing, that is what you really want to be spending your money on. So when, when I'm doing the work with my clients, I'm constantly reminding them of like what their why is. Like why yep. are you doing this work? Because you have to think of that in that moment. Will you, I really want this. I want it. But wait a minute. Why am I even considering not buying it? Oh, right. It's because my partner and I have been dying to go to Ireland. And we've been doing a really great job saving up some money. But we're not quite there yet. That's why I'm, I shouldn't buy this. Mm-hmm. So you have to like remind yourself. And remember, if I buy this, it means I'm not spending that money on something else. And what am I giving up? Remind yourself. What am I giving up? And maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's totally the thing you want to buy. Great. You should buy it. Mm -hmm. But maybe you're giving up an extra $50 in your savings account because you are saving up for that trip to Ireland. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to always, and and this is why I recommend an accountability partner, whether it's a professional or a friend or your partner or whatever, but somebody to to go to and say, I really want this. I don't know what to do. Or someone to just talk about it Mm -hmm. and say, I was reminded as to what my why was. Because sometimes it's not as helpful just to talk to yourself about
0: it. It's good to talk
1: about it with other people.
0: So one of the other things we talk about with boundaries sometimes is take a pause, Mm -hmm. right? You don't necessarily have to say yes in the moment. You can say, let me think about it. So it's spending, one of the habits I I started, I don't know why I started, is instead of saying, yeah, I want to buy it, I just like it. Whatever app you're in, you can add it to a wish list Mm -hmm. or a list of things you like. You can even categorize them Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then then I just put it in there. And you can do that to your heart's content. You don't Mm -hmm. have to spend any money doing that. And then I go back like a month later, and half those things I'm like, nah, yeah, I didn't. Exactly. Want, I don't really. Yep. Need, it's just garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. And if I still want it, it's something I really, really like. And yeah, yeah okay, then then I feel better yeah. about getting yep. it. So
1: yep, you can even put things in your cart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cart. Yeah, walk away. Well, there's an the, Amazon too. There's like the cart, and then you can do save for later. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have there's... like 11 billion things in there. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. then they email me, and they're like, yeah. so right. <laughs> There's a price uh, drop. Do you right, want it? Right, right. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm still good. Yeah. yeah. Or did you
1: forget about this uh, item in your cart? Don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Um So I, I would I would at least wait 24 hours, especially with online shopping, because it's yeah. so easy to do. Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere. So yeah, put something in a cart, put something on your wish list or whatever, and then walk away and come yeah. back the next day and say, is this something I still really want? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I just want people to remember, like, remember what what your values are and what you really want to be spending your money on. Yeah. And is your spending helping you to, to right. sort of reach that goal of where you want to be spending your money
0: on? So what I think I'm hearing you say is it's okay to spend money. Correct. You just have to be mindful about where you're spending it and feel good about where you're spending it and make sure you're, you're in alignment with where you want your life to go. Yes.
1: Yeah. And lastly, if this is the last um, <laughs> I, I could talk about forever and ever. So sure. um, is don't, Don't do things or spend money on things because you think that that's what you should be doing or should be spending your money on or what you see your neighbor spending money on or what your friends are spending money on. you see it on Instagram. Right, exactly. Do things that you want to do. I don't care if you want to spend your life savings by going to Starbucks for coffee every single day. If that is what makes you happy... Who cares that other people might tell you that's a waste of money? It's not a waste of money to you. Mm-hmm. So, like me, my sort of why is vacations. We like to travel. That's what we like to do. Well, I have another friend that just doesn't really doesn't really care about doing that. And that's fine. Like she then she shouldn't be spending her money on that. So everybody's different. Be who you are. Just trust yourself and know what if this is what you really want to do, then that's what you should do. Don't worry about other people. You have to live your life. I love it. yeah, Rachel, Where can people find you? Um, So my business is Effortless Budgeting, and I am effortlessbudgeting.com is my website. And then from there, you can um, look at my social media accounts. I've got Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook.
0: Awesome. Great. Well, thanks so much. I'm sure we'll have you back sometime because, (laughs) I I mean, we could have a million conversations about money, I'm sure. So thanks again for coming on. It's been great. And everybody, make sure you follow Rachel. Yeah, we'd love it. All right. Thanks Heather. got questions or a boundary setting success story or flop it's easy to get in touch with us send an email through our website hardnopodcast.com dm us on social we're at hardnopodcast or leave a message at 216-370-3410 we'll be featuring some of our favorite questions and messages in future mailbag episodes so get in touch you can find show notes and a transcript of today's episode on our website, hardknowpodcast.com. Make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite listening platform so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please give us a rating and review, especially on Apple so others can find us too. That's a Hard Know is a production of Clever Girl Marketing, my strategic marketing agency based here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. You can learn all about us at clevergirlmarketing.com. It's written by me, Heather Drago, and our amazing marketing and production coordinator, Mara Del Rosario. Production support, Evergreen Podcast, Noah Fouts, producer and editor extraordinaire. Our awesome new rock anthem was written by Noah and performed by his band, The Big Leagues. I love it so much. Thank you, Noah. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no and say it unapologetically.
1: That's a hard no! Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called